Ho, ho, ho! All this and more on This Week in Retro. High resolution color graphics. This land of high technology. The revolution in technology that made the information age possible. Those kids are not afraid of computers. Christmas shopping like it's 1999. Better in the arcade. And we talk about our retro plans for Christmas. All this and more coming up on this week's show. Up-to-date news for out-of-date tech. Hello. How are you, Aaron? Thank you for coming on Father Christmas. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm happy to be back. Welcome. You're actually over here as well. You'll be surprised to hear. <laughs> There's you two know, of them. There's two of them. That is, I can't tell you how disturbing that is, Dave. <laughs> the fact that my visage lives at your house 24-7. I hate to think of all the crazy things you dress me in. You know. <laughs> um, for those you of you who are not you. watching, uh, when Neil had bought in the cave and did Amigos at the Cave, he printed off a couple of life-sized Aaron's, and I happened to take one home with me. <laughs> so now Aaron lives in my house, and I don't know what's going to happen next to him, but he will he will appear at some point. Uh, oh, and Aaron Lord. is freaked out by it. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you be? <laughs> the fact that they printed out life-size me shows me that they've got one huge printer as well, because I'm a pretty big guy, Dave. <laughs> so the fact that they printed those out, I'm in, I was very impressed. I was also impressed during the soccer game that there was tons of little me's watching the match. I thought that was pretty good, too. <laughs> nice. I didn't pick how, up on that when I watched the video. How yeah. was that? Because the way that the, the, the episode, I think, is now out to, I think it's now out to patrons, but it's not out to the general public. Uh, it might be out to the general public by the time you're watching this. Um, but uh, there was an episode of Amigos, your podcast recorded in the cave live with both there in person, having just squeezed himself in and out of a lotus. Um, and you were doing it remotely from your place in West Virginia. Was that weird for you? No, not really. I've done a little bit of remote stuff. It, oh, it was weird seeing me in the cave. That was weird. <laughs> or at your house or in your car. That was weird. But another, you know, it looked like a lot of fun. I'd love to get over there one of these days. Uh, but uh, I know Boat told me he had a great time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I was highly amused by Boat's uh, smushing himself into the car. The fact that there was someone there at the cave that had a lotus yeah. shows me the kind of people that are headed to the cave. These are some big money players, man. So, but I thought that I thought it was a lot of fun. It's always fun to work with uh, Neil and all the, and you guys, and everybody that uh, surrounds him. He's a he's a classy guy, and he put on a good show there. And it looks like the uh, the the cave looks like a great place. I'd just like to go in there and play a bunch of the stuff, you know, not to mention yeah. meet people. Yeah, and it looks like a good time. Yeah, it's a great place to be. Uh, I really enjoy being there. How's your week been, Chris? Uh, Are you not feeling too better? Bad, actually, I am feeling much better. I didn't realize that I had the virus that we must not speak of because of the algorithm. It might demonetize us. Yeah, I accidentally had it. Very mild case, though. Oh, oh. very, very, very mild case. So that was fine. Second time I've had it. And yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why I sounded like Barry White last week. I didn't realize I was going down with that again. So that was quite amusing. Uh, but other than that, I've been playing. I mean, I think it was last week I actually mentioned the fact that I um, played Last Resort in an arcade in Tunbridge in Kent. 
And um, I've got to thank uh, one of my one of the YouTubers that I, that I watch, David Retro Games Play Badly, because he generally just does pickup videos. He does some some gameplays, and you know what it's like with these pickup videos is sometimes something that somebody says just in passing, just very brief, and it just sparks something in your head. And and with this particular video, he's just looking at the back of a box of it's a compilation game uh, disc for the PlayStation Two that he's picked up, and he's rattling off the games on it, and he says Last Resort. And so that made me think, oh, I never knew Last Resort came out on the PS2. Let's have a look and see if it's out on the PS4. And sure enough, there's a Neo Geo emulated version on the PS4 on the PlayStation uh, 4 on, on the PlayStation Store. So I've been able to download that. It cost me $10 Australian. And now I can finish my very unfinished business that I have with that game. Because I used to just go in that arcade, drop in a pound, and see how far I could get. So stage three is what is currently um, bringing up memories that, that I recognize from when I'm playing it on the PS4. So this has literally saved me two and a half grand because there is a Neo Geo for sale in Perth. It's been sitting on Marketplace for a long time at two and a half grand, and the guy has Last Resort as one of the games for it as well. And while I'm not tempted, I have been tempted, which is stupid for one or two games. So this, for me, $10, fantastic. I'm not sure I agree with your two and a half grand save logic, but I, I see where you're coming from. Unfinished business does need, does need done. This week, I, I, I have been over to visit a friend, Stephen Leary, to pick up my repaired Atari ST monitor, my Atari SC1435. He replaced the flyback in it for me. It just died one day, and that means I've now got my fully assembled Mega STE set up there properly with the keyboard that I've replaced the switch which is on and the matching monitor. It's going to look great. It's in the back of the car. It's been raining since I got home last night. I've not had the chance to take it out. But yeah, that's me. I'm going to have the Atari ST up and running again properly. Wow. Well, have we caught up with Aaron? What's you been up to this week, Aaron? You don't, you I don't have any I... time to do anything <laughs> other than play the games for your podcast because you have so much to do each week. You must. I mean, Listen, you, you, you were saying it on the, the latest Atari ST show. I started to watch that phone around at a time. You're talking about how many hundreds of games you have to play each year. Well, you know, when you say it like that, it makes it sound like a chore, Dave. But generally, I have a pretty good time playing them. But uh, yeah, we play a lot. It's not like it used to be because we've cut down a little bit. Yeah. But uh, uh, we the way we've got it now is I get a good mix every week. So every week I'm going to be playing a Coco game or an ST game or, you know, God knows what on the ARG. I spent most of this week playing Stario's Christmas uh, on the game. ST. And you said so uh, yourself no. and you said it was wonderful. Well, you know, uh, uh, it again, sometimes you find a game that kind of takes you back. You know, sort of like you were talking about Last Resort. This one takes me back to a time where games made me furious and it made me want to <laughs> hurt people, you know. You know, because I would play this game and it would make me, it was so cheap. I would just pound the desk. I was pounding my own desk in anger, which I don't ever do that. But, I mean, and that sounds like a bad thing. But, I mean, when you get an uh, emotional response, it can't be all bad, you know. So, it, in a, in a begr- I have a begrudging respect for uh, Stario's Christmas. Plus, it's quite a technical feat. But I did yeah. play a lot of ST this week. Uh, and uh, for the rest of my time, it was I was on the road a lot because with Christmas coming up, I've got to get all my work, my actual work done, which requires me to drive around a lot. So, like, I did 600-plus miles in two days last week, Oof. and it was brutal. You know, it was a real tough – it was a tough last end of the week. But, uh, you know, hey, I get, I get time off coming up next week, so I'm looking forward to having some time to kick back 
uh, and uh, play some more games, of course, because it never stops. Uh, but, uh, you know, we wouldn't do it if we didn't like it, Dave. Yeah. Um, if you want to if you want to watch Aaron's opinion with his uh, brother, The Brent, on the Atari ST show, there'll be a link in the show notes for it. Um, the Atari ST show is one of the many podcasts that you do. It's Christmas shopping time, chaps. Uh, well, actually, I hope you've done most of yours. If not, all. have you done all your shopping? Yeah, well done. I'm getting, I'm well getting done. nods. Yeah, yeah, well done. Fantastic. Um, and it's also that time of year when YouTubers tend to go flicking through shop catalogs from back in the day. Uh, a recent one that, that is now in my Watch Near Christmas playlist. Yes, it's something I've slowly put together over time. Um, and there's a video by Ginger Hippie Gaming where he flicks through a Boots catalogue from 1993. Uh, and I've I also watched it this weekend, uh, Just Gone, and it was so full of just nostalgic moments of pointing at the screen going, I had I had one of those. And sometimes for the stupidest things, like a Casio calculator or an alarm clock or something like that. It's not always the games, but it was also the games as well. So I really enjoyed that. I love those kind of videos. Um, but my problem with these kind of videos, and I think I've mentioned this before, is I love them too much as in i love them to the point where they can be emotionally painful i i, I want to reach in <laughs> and i want to buy those things as if because you're seeing it right there on the screen right as if it's current but it's not you're kind of 30 or 40 years too late um and the more you indulge in those kind of videos the more the bitter disappointment um the only other thing i can relate it to is sometimes you know you, you have a really good dream where you own something that you've always wanted and you're kind of grasping onto it in the dream, and then you wake up in the morning and your hands are empty. It's that same kind of feeling. Or for me, it's that I walk out to the garage and, and the car I just dreamt about is not, in fact, sitting in the garage <laughs> at, at all. Lambo. <laughs> no, no Lambo, no Ferrari. Uh, but anyway, but all is not lost. So this first story isn't actually a story. It's a photo, and it was shared with us by Pete B, 1983. And um, guys, if you want to scroll down in the show notes, you can also have a look at the photo that I'm going to be talking about. It's quite quite emotive. So just to describe it to the listeners, it's a photo of a shop window front in Canterbury, which is in Kent in the UK, and it's a shop called the IT Store. Um, and except for very few items that don't quite fit, you could be forgiven for thinking that this shop window is from the late 90s or the early 2000s. The display... Um, in the photo is mostly Apple stuff. And in fact, perhaps it's all Apple stuff, apart from, again, one or two items. I certainly spotted a Game Boy in there. There's an Apple II. There's a Lisa. Uh, there's original IMAX. There's a G4 Tower. Uh, and there's some other smaller, small, small devices as well, like um, early iPods. And they've added some Christmas decorations in there as well, because obviously it's that time of year. And it just looks as if you could walk in and buy those items. I'm not sure if that's the case. I don't want to, you know, drum up business that isn't there, but it certainly gives that impression that you could just walk in and buy one of these items. It looks as if it's current, even though it clearly isn't. Um, apparently, they've got good reviews for retro kit repair services as well. So clearly, it's something they're into. And looking them up online, it is all Apple stuff or mainly Apple stuff um, that is for sale. Um, and despite my normal allergic reactions to all things Apple, except for cider, I really love this storefront. 
according to their website, um, and this isn't a plug, you know, they don't sponsor us in any way, shape or form. It's purely on the merit of this excellent shop front, front that we're covering it. But if you go to the itstore.com, um, it tells us that they do, in fact, deal in used Apple products. So I assume that means all ages. I'm not sure how far back that goes. I, I guess it you know, depends on what stock they've got in. But maybe worth checking out if you're in the area and they offer repair services as well. Dave, where did you used to do your Christmas shopping back in the day? Uh, and when I say Christmas shopping, I mean guy shopping, you know, looking for stuff we want to buy for ourselves. <laughs> Is it, it's not just me that did that, right? Um, and also, um, uh, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that gets emotional about the, fa- the fact that we can't pop into these shops and buy a brand new ST or Amiga game. It's not just me, is it? What do you think, Dave? Well, first of all, you can't slate the Apple II. Almost every RPG strategy game and so on has roots in the Apple II. It's kind of what came before the PC. Um, But for me, shopping for what I wanted to get for Christmas was done in the Argos catalogue. The Argos catalogue, that wonderful book of dreams, great big thick manual full of all the stuff that a kid could possibly want for christmas you didn't have it in the us aaron but we've asked we've asked this before and there's no there's no quite there's not quite an equivalent there um but the argos catalog was great i'd go through it and i'd circle the things i wanted and i'd end up with dozens of things circled because it was a greedy little boy um I'd like to claim I'm emotional that I can't go and buy an Atari ST game anymore, but I don't know that I ever did. I was a dirty big pirate. Um, I did do it for the the CPC. I'd have a few quid in my pocket, and I'd study the the budget game boxes. Um, I really would forensically look at them to try and work out which game was going to be good, which game I was going to enjoy, which one would be a good value for money, and I'd try and pick a winner and take it home and then find out, no, it's another bad budget game. Um, I mean, these are these are, these are are budget tapes, Aaron. These are kind of $1.99 or $2.99 uh, tapes. But I did go into Glasgow Barras. So the Glasgow Barras is the supposedly Euro- Europe's biggest um, biggest covered market, I think. Um, loads and loads of different stalls there. So I used to go there and buy pirate games from stalls, and it was maybe a good hour or so between leaving that, walking to the train station, getting the train home, walking home and putting the disc in the drive. Uh, And that gave me that bit of anticipation. Uh, And the anticipation is nothing like the current downloading a game on Steam. It just doesn't do it the same way. Uh, But yeah, that anticipation there, it's not the same now when you do it instantly. So yeah, I kind of miss going into a shop if you turn that as going into a pirate stall in an indoor market. What about yourself, Aaron? Well, we did. You know, when I was a kid, uh, we did have a, a what's called the Sears catalog. Or Sears was like the big deal when I was a kid. And it was great to flip through the, uh, you know, the Christmas section was huge for kids. They'd have uh, uh, they'd have all the stuff all arranged to make it look cool. They had, you know, whatever movie was out, they'd have that stuff arranged, the Star Wars stuff. And there'd be some geeks in the pictures looking like they're having the best time ever. And you're sitting there holding the magazine, shaking. You know, we did the same thing, circle what you want. You know, you you want too much. You never get as much as you wanted because you really wanted everything that was on the page. You wanted to be like that kid. Uh, but it, it was always uh, a treat that I, I feel bad for kids now that they don't really get to, uh, I don't know, kids don't play with, my kid doesn't play with toys. 
So, you know, which is kind of a bummer. Just, I don't think kids play with toys that much anymore now that they've got, you know, computers and whatnot. When it comes to, like, computer Christmas, for, um, you know, all the stuff that I owned, I couldn't buy anywhere. I mean, when I had a Coco, when I had a, we used to have an Odyssey 2, uh, and those, they only sold cartridges one place anywhere. And it would, so you wouldn't never really have any choice of what they had. Then when I had a color computer, a TRS-80 color computer, Radio Shack sold barely anything for it. So you didn't have any choice. There was nowhere to go. Then when I got the Amiga, no one sold Amiga stuff. There was no choice for that either. So basically, we had to pirate stuff because we couldn't get anything else. And really, up to the point where I had a DOS machine, it was really the first time that I could go into a local place and like a window shop for, for different programs and stuff. And I got to experience like going in and seeing the big boxes and stuff. But it, it took a long time to get there. Um, and by the time I was really into the DOS machine, I was um, kind of, I was older, you know, so it was, there was less impact, I guess. We didn't have a budget, uh, we didn't have any budget stuff over here at all. I would have loved to get under the drugstore or whatever and buy, uh, you know, games for a couple bucks, but didn't have that stuff here. So we, I mean, I was also a, a total pirate, but. I'm like I said, it's justified, but when you when you have the array of machines I had, you should have much of a choice. Yeah, that uh, that blows my mind when you say that you didn't have Amiga games in the shop. The the, the uh, Odyssey two I can understand because I had the Philips G seven thousand, same thing, but the UK name for it, and the games yeah. were not very widely available at all. One or two shops stocking them, you didn't see them in in most of the catalogs and that kind of that stuff. But by the time the Amiga came out in the UK, it, it was everywhere, and the games were everywhere. And in fact, even before I got, and I'm sure it was similar for people like Dave with the ST, even before we got our hands on those machines, the fact that the games were in the shop was what sold us those machines because we would there were so many games, and yeah. we would be looking at the screenshots on the back, picking up our crappy Spectrum or Amstrad CPC version, and looking at the back, going, "But hang on, what are these? What are these awesome screenshots on the side? These look like..." photorealistic graphics you know it's like how can it be this good and that's what sold us those machines dave not not to actually you too much but you see by the time the mega came out the st mega came out in 1985 and nothing happened in the uk about them for a few years oh, yet. that's true actually yeah because we, we we were we were still we were only just getting into the 8-bit stuff in the uk when the st and the mega came out they were miles above what anyone could afford for a kid yeah. for christmas present so it was a few years later maybe 1988 kind of thing where you started to see it in the shops you were in buying your 8-bit games and you yeah. saw them demonstrating the amiga and the st and you are wowed by these 16-bit graphics and all the rest of it. Yeah, that's a fair call. And when I say Amiga, and I know I shouldn't because I will get hated by everybody in Amiga in uh, America, Amiga in America. <laughs> no, I do not think of the A1000 at all, which is what came out in '85. I think of the A500, which is the one that was affordable for the home. You know, that's where my that's where my mind goes. Yeah, from yeah. a UK perspective, when the the Amiga 1000 didn't do anything here, really, I'm sure no, some sold. No. But the Amiga 500, and even when the Amiga 500 came out, it took a couple of years for them to bring the cost down before it really caught fire. And it was such mm. a good deal at that point that people, loads of loads of people bought it. But yeah, yeah. Um, it was just the Amiga 1000 was uh, far too expensive for a kid's Christmas what, present. What, what year do you figure that was when the five when the 500 sort of took over the shops over there? You know, you talk about yeah. Yeah, Chris, see, that's, Christmas 89. That's, a, that's the Batman pack. The first time I ever that's saw the, the first time I ever saw an Amiga was uh, the first time I ever saw an Amiga was in '89. Mm. 
very first time I saw one. And so it, by that time, it had been out for quite a while. And um, the first, I w- we had one, we had one or maybe two places in, the, in my area that had Amiga stuff. But I mean, it was real rare right. to see it. And I never, not one time did I ever see anything for the Atari ST in a store ever. And none of the big, like, you know, we've got over here, we've got game stops. But back in the old days, we had electronics boutique, mm. walled and software, stuff like that. They didn't carry any Amiga stuff or ST stuff ever. Wow. I never one time saw anything there for the, for either one of those machines. So even places that sold, like, computer games didn't sell those computers. Mm. You know, I even saw TI-99 stuff, which was pretty obscure, and never saw any, like, ST stuff. The um, the ST was popular, was more popular than the Amiga for a couple of years. Uh, the ST was priced much more competitively, and then when the Amiga started to get closer, Atari added in the power pack or so on. They added in loads and loads of games to the package, made it more attractive. for. So for a couple of years, the ST was bigger than the Amiga, but even when the ST was bigger than the Amiga, the 8 bits were still bigger than the ST. Uh, and then when the 8-bit started to fade away, that's when the, the Amiga had its uh, day in the sun, if you know what I mean. That's when, that's when the Amiga, the kind of 1990, 1991, 92 kind of thing, that's when it picked up. Uh, but yeah, um, I've lost what we were talking about. But yeah, that's right. We were talking about where we went yeah. shopping, but um, yeah, yeah, just yeah, I just had to pick up on that point of Aaron's. It's so interesting the different you know landscape uh, yeah. across the, across the pond. It really is crazy uh, for me. Shops in the UK because that's where I grew up. Um, you've already mentioned Argos, Dave, so I'll jump on board with Dixon's. Obviously, they had lots of good deals around uh, Christmas. Um, even back in the Spectrum days and, and Australia CPC, they were doing some good deals, and they would often throw together their own bundles, throw extra games and software packages together. Well, I, I found out reasonably recently that the the ten star pack, which we, which I hmm. thought was an, an official Commodore thing, no, was not. It no. was a silica shop thing. So yeah, everyone. Right. Everyone had the, t- the no. Everyone had it. Loads of people had the ten star pack, and that was made up by Silica Shop, presumably because Commodore were still dragging their heels and saying we're not a games computer, so we're not going to do these packages until um, Uncle Dave Pleasants decided no, we're we're, we're going to do that. And that's what sold them, yeah. And that's why, I've told you before, got a Batman pack with the 10-star yeah. games thrown in, so I got the best of both yeah. worlds. It was fantastic. Um, Boots is the other one, which we always laugh about because this blows everybody else's mind in other countries. It was a pharmacy, right? It was a pharmacy. Yeah. But it was one of the go-to places to pick up your computer games, even pick up your computers. They would have them there plugged in, ready to try. Casio keyboards, you know, music stuff. It was insane, the stuff they branched out to. And now when I visit the UK and I go into a Boots, I get disappointed that 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 stuff isn't there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can get some Panadol. What's that about? Yeah. 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 Bottle of Benelin, please. But that's all. Yeah. And Woolworths is another one that was always Woolies. great, especially yeah, Woolies, especially for your one ninety nine and your two ninety nine eight bit games. Um, but of course, they're they're long gone. I worked for Woolworths for a while as well. Um, yep, I'll happily admit to that. Um, but yeah, those are the places I used to love going, and I always love Christmas shopping. Um, and in part because being a November baby, I always had birthday money in my hand to spend on myself. Which is why I think my Christmas shopping habits remain quite selfish, unfortunately. Um, But speaking of being taken back by 
a simple image. There's there's another video I actually watched this week that was put out by Retro Gadget Man, um, where he set out a corner of his room with a Sony TRV, uh, CRT, um, a spattering of period correct toys or roughly period correct toys like Star Wars figures and that kind of thing, um, a, a radio alarm clock and some posters. Can't tell if they're reprints or, or if they're originals. And he proceeds to play some original Atari 2600 games. There's no voiceover. There's no fancy editing. And the whole thing is filmed on his Betamax video camera. Hmm. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and the calendar in the very first shot of this piece, the calendar says 1979. And I had to actually check in the video description because I thought, oh, maybe the title's been a bit misleading here. I had to check to see, am I looking at recovered footage from 1979 or is this a recreation? And in fact, it is a recreation, but I had to check that because it's so well done. Apart from a few little clues that I did spot, and I'm not going to spoil it, but it is so well done that seriously, I found myself checking myself. Is this recovered footage or is it a recreation? So I do check that out. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's well worth a look. Um, anyway, look, I just want to say well done, the IT store of Canterbury and Kent. You gave me a brief glimmer of hope that perhaps I could pop in and Christmas shop like it's 1999. If you're in Perth, obviously that's the area I'm familiar with right now. You can, of course, shop like it's 1999 or even earlier. Uh, and no kickbacks, no affiliation, none of that. This is just shops that I have personally used and have good experiences with. Yeah, in Perth, Australia, that's right. Um, but I just want to give a quick a Christmas shout-out to the owners of 8-Bit Anarchy in Midland and Mad Retro in Gosnells, two shops that I've personally spent my own hard-earned cash on and had very good experience with. So check them out if you're in the area. And if you're not in the area and you want to find out where you could Christmas shop where you live, uh, as if it was 1999 or 89 or 79, then, of course, visit retro directory is that the name of the that's website right. that's right yeah. retro.directory Retro. Directory. Yeah. and Fantastic hopefully they place. pop themselves in there yeah yeah haven't mentioned that for a while in fact we should mention it more it's such an important resource we haven't mentioned it since last week did we mention last week i think we, we did, mentioned yes. it last week so we did so we did so we did, so we did. Yeah. Yeah. we'll mention it every week mention ultima we haven't mentioned ultima for a week we are sponsored thank you very much by Pixel Addict Magazine, who come out every six weeks, uh, once a month. Pixel Addict Magazine is a lifestyle magazine uh, with lots of gaming content um, for people of our interests. Uh, it is available at their website. The website is Aaron. Sorry, Dave. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Happy Christmas. Juicy <laughs> scores. Pixel.addict.media. Um, you can buy. They're going to kill me for that. <laughs> single issues. You can get a subscription. You can get it delivered or you can get PDF copies. Um, thank you very much for sponsoring. The current issue is the Christmas special issue, um, which I actually read a few weeks ago. And they also do, they also do a one off special Amstrad Addict. My, oh. my favourite, Amstrad Addict. Um, maybe they'll do another one in the future. They don't do an Atari ST Addict. Maybe one day they will. Uh, but they also do an Amiga one, which Amiga, they sponsor you, don't they? They sponsor your podcast, Darren. Yes, sir. We got a lot of people up in the magazine zone there, and those are all great publications. I, I'd love to get a hold of that Amstrad. Uh, me and the Brent got had a cup of coffee with the Amstrad over the years, and I've enjoyed playing it. The modern stuff on the Amstrad is quite impressive. Yeah. And uh, I think that machine was g grossly 
underutilized at its prime, brother. So it's good to see uh, them getting some love. I'll sit it on top of you just now and you can have a read while we're chatting. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Thank you, Pixel Addict. <laughs> I actually mentioned this story last week and it was submitted a bit too late to pick, but I've been thinking about it since we recorded and I have chosen it this week to talk about. So thank you for Dr. Local for submitting it. It's an article for from Den of Geek listing 15 best arcade games never ported to consoles. And let's just drop the last two words. It doesn't matter whether it's consoles or not because they weren't ported to computers either. Now, I mentioned last week that the top three are games that I played and I love. Star Wars Trilogy is a sort of a remake of the classic Atari Vector Star Wars. You start off the game shooting TIE fighters around the Death Star, then you head down the trench to blow this thing and go, kid. And then, as a Star Wars fan, the sounds and so on have the hairs on the back of my neck standing up, it really does take you into the films. You then take down Atats on Hoth before it turns into a rail shooter on the Hoth base, and then a fight with Boba Fett, um, a speeder chase through the forest, and then more rail shooter and a duel with Darth Vader, some space combat before blowing up the second Death Star, Return of the Jedi style. It's a really good experience. It's absolutely amazing in the arcade. I did play it in the arcade. I didn't get very far when I played it in the arcade. I then watched other people playing it and getting a bit further than me in it, and I've emulated it since. It's absolutely incredible game. Uh, I can't think of another game in the arcade that has so many different, or what feels like different things, um, different segments involved. Um, Revenge of Death Adder is more of the same from the original and wonderful Golden Axe. It's got enhanced graphics. It's a, it's, a, it's a higher spec machine. There's more variety of gameplay. It's said to be a better game, and I think it probably is a better game, but I enjoy the original first because it's the original. This one has new characters in it. You don't get the same three characters from the start. It's four different characters instead. And the final one in the top three is Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, which is another scrolling beat-up. This one from Capcom. It's got a lot of character to it. It's set in the 26th century post-apocalypse future where the dinosaurs are enslaved and hunted for sport, which you asked me is cruel. Poor dinosaurs. But the good news is you can save the dinosaurs by hitting them enough so that they return to their senses. Um, it's a good fun game to play on Mr. or Mame with a friend or even two. You can play three-player and just keep putting the credits in and don't worry about how much it's not costing you because it's all free now. But I didn't realise it's based on a TV cartoon series and it did get a sort of game released to PC and Sega CD, but it's a real shooter and it's nothing related to the Capcom game and it's rotten. It's actually, it's actually, uh, that game's actually based on a comic, uh, believe it or not, there was a comic book that the that the TV show was based on Oh, uh, really? back in the day. Yeah, so there was a comic book series. It was actually part of a, another small series for an independent comic uh, 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 company back in the day that got over big time. And so that's when they and so Capcom bought the rights to, or when they did the TV show, Capcom got the uh, got the rights along with the TV show. So it, I, I don't know if it was exactly based off what to, you know, which to which, but it, its origins were from a comic book. Yeah, back in the day. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, Everything comes from there. <laughs> I know, I know, Aaron, you love a good arcade game. And, um, oh, yeah. I know you've had, you've had dozens of arcade cabs over the years and you've still got your own arcade. 
But out of the fi- out of the fifteen in this list, can you pick three favorites, or do you think there's other games that didn't get a port that you prefer? I will say you picked a couple good ones there, uh, Dave. Uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs is a, is a great like beat 'em up. Me and the boy love playing that one. A lot of fun. Uh, another one they had on the list that I, is a lot of fun uh, was uh, WWF WrestleFest. Uh, it was a great game, and the predecessor WWF Superstars, both great games, and they never those never got ported, which is baffling to me because I used to own a cabinet for both those. They were both a ton of fun. Uh, Revenge of Death Adder is a great game. That's another they another strong choice. I thought of a couple that weren't on the list. Um, the Konami X Man beat 'em up game is a lot of fun, and it was briefly ported to I think it was like the Xbox Network and PSN, but it's gone now. You can't play them off off there anymore. Uh, and so that was one that I used to have a lot of fun. They used to have like a six player version of it that we used to sit around and play, which was Super fun. And then another one I like, uh, or another thing I thought of was, and you never see these ported Harley, were the old Laserdisc games from the arcade. Now, these weren't on the list, but uh, um, you always see Dragon's Lair and Space Ace. But there's a, there's a lot of, the, I think Laserdisc games are underappreciated. And there were some really good ones. And the one that comes to mind uh, was Mach 3, uh, which was a great game. Where they over, where you they overlay graphics on top of uh, de- like jet footage, and there were two different ways to play it: a bombing and a, and a and a like a third person perspective. And I always thought that was a great game, and it never made the cut either for the obvious reasons that uh, back in the day those were tough to port, you know. But it never, you know, some Blazers games got made, but that one did not. But there are a few good ones uh, that you could pick from from the laser genre. But I thought this was a pretty good list overall. I wasn't as fond of that Star Wars trilogy as you are, just because it was so it was so quarter munchy. We had that at the theater down the street here, and it, I tried to play it a few times, but it was to me it just seemed like it, it was a real money hungry game. I, having it at home would probably be fun. I've never I haven't tried it at the house, but in the arcade I didn't give it much of a chance. It, it's an experience. I'm not going to say the gameplay is is amazing. The gameplay is good, but I'm not going to say the gameplay is, is stellar, and I think you can learn it more than anything else. You can learn how to do it. But the actual experience, it's got all the films there. It's got all the stuff from the original um, the original three uh, games that Atari did. Um, it just feels so good, and the sounds are so good. It feels so Star Wars. That's what it's, it's called. It's quite a new. It's a newer release, though. I mean, that's of all that list. That's probably one of the newest games on it. Uh, wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I saw Scud, uh, the Scud Racer, or whatever on there. The Rave Racer, a couple other good racers on there. So there's some good stuff uh, on the list. Uh, it's a shame. You, it's funny because so many bad games got ported from yeah. the arcade. It makes you wonder why the good ones didn't make it. And so many get ported badly. <laughs> Yeah, is, is, is this Star yeah. Wars game you're talking about? Is that is that flat shade poly? Is that look what the graphics are? It's uh, it, it, it's full on proper graphics. It's full on. It's full on oh, kind okay. of like um, texture mapped and stuff. I might be thinking yeah. of a different game. I might be thinking of a different game. The one I can see is flat shade poly, and and you're fighting against star destroyers and stuff at the beginning. But it's very on rails. Literally just yes, yeah. You're thinking the same one. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, it's, it's the same it's one. Rails. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, rails. okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. there's a kind yeah. of a Operation Wheel style rails part, and there's a, and there's a. I mean, even yeah. the original Star Wars Vector was 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 partly on rails. Well, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You kind didn't of felt feel like, like you, you didn't really control. notice, but yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
No, it was one of those games I watched other people playing but never played it myself. Yeah. And and it's weird because I always assumed there was a home port. I thought I thought there was one for the Saturn or something, but I looked it up earlier today and couldn't find one. So this article is yeah. completely right. But I just yeah. assumed that there was. Yeah. Um, I mean, there may be. These things may have been ported. Aaron mentioned, I think I a chance to mm. come in there, he mentioned about sometimes the Xbox and PlayStation stores get a batch of games like this. And yeah. it's, it's not quite the same as a proper arcade port that's done at the time, if you know what I mean. If you do it 10 yeah. years later, it doesn't quite count. What about you, yeah. Chris? Well, funnily enough, another one that I assumed had been ported to console back in the day, but apparently hadn't um was avp which is is not the 3d first person shooter that you know most people think of you know alien Jack, versus yeah. predator it was a side scrolling yeah, beat em up but, um and i put so much time and money into that because they have one at my local laser quest i don't know if i've mentioned before but i may have had a laser quest addiction <laughs> and they also had some very good arcade units in the in the lobby there um and this was one of them so yeah lots of lots of hours and, and coins thrown at that um great game great game and i can't believe because i mean that I could, I could see it on the SNES or the Mega Drive. It would port so well. So why why that was never done, I don't know. Maybe tied up in licensing. Not sure. Um, the Mario Kart Arcade, uh, it's in the article, but I'm not sure that that counts because, I mean, really that's an arcade port of an existing mm. console franchise. Yeah. So it's kind of... Or, or an arcade of, game based on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, yeah, that's sort of stretching things a bit. And it... I don't know. It's an interesting article. It's a topic I'd never really considered because you just assume that every arcade um, port, you know, every arcade game probably had a probably bad port for the home system at some point, but clearly that's not the case. We've touched on this in the past, but talking about Golden Eyes gets me back to it. There's arcade ports that, as a kid, that I loved on the arcade and I loved on my CPC or ST. They might not be arcade perfect side by side. And in fact, when you look at them these days, you can see great big gaping differences between them. But as a kid, I would have told you this is as good as the arcade. Um, and it's probably because I never saw them side by side. I'd play them in the arcade and it would be sometime later I'd play them at home. Um, Solomon's Key in my CPC or Bubble Bobble, Gauntlet 2, Double Dragon, and Golden Axe on my ST. I love playing those on my ST. And I don't think they needed to be perfect. Even the CPC version of the Atari Vector Star Wars wasn't vector graphics. I mean, you can't do vector graphics on a, on a, on a, a monitor like that. And obviously, you didn't have the yoke, but it still got me feeling, it was still decent enough to got me feeling it was playing Star Wars. Now, Aaron, not counting the dozens of arcade cabs that you've owned in the past, what games did you play at home that you felt were as good as the arcade? You know, uh, I, this is one area where I've had a lot of experience because I've, I've played a lot of ports uh, over the years, and uh, a couple do uh, jump out. I, you know, when I was a kid or when I was a young adult, I wish I could say I was a kid, uh, they had a game at our local uh, movie theater called Alcon. Mm. Alcon was a game... And the movie theater had this contest over the summer where if you got a certain score, they'd give you a free movie ticket. And my buddy was an ace at this game because he knew a trick that would instantly give you enough points for the for the ticket. So we got an infinite amount of movie tickets for free. The game <laughs> over here is called Alcon, but over in Europe, they stupidly named it Slap Fight. It's a, uh, it's a, a great shooting game. Uh, Alcon's such a better title. I, I was on a quest to find a proper port of this game, and I played a bunch of really bad ones. I'm, the Atari ST has a really bad one. I, play, I think I played one on the Amstrad. It was no good. And so 
lo and behold, here comes the, uh, I think it was a European exclusive, the Mega Drive release called Slap Fight MD. Slap Fight MD is gold, better than the arcade, and the arcade's great. I own the board for the arcade, so I know it pretty intimately. And what they did on this is they, they took the arcade experience and brought it home. And if you've played that game, there's a certain feel to how you play it. I mean, it's, it's, you have to bring it exactly home or it's just, the game is ruined. Not only did they bring home the game, but they added uh, like an expanded version of it that sits beside the uh, arcade game that's outstanding with all new music, a new power-up, new enemies, new everything new. That's a great cart uh, if you're into if you're a slap fight slash Alcon fan. I put that on my list. Um, another one I liked in the arcade, but was a lot better when you got it home was Punch Out. I loved Punch Out in the arcade, but man, every incarnation of it at home has been better. The NES version was better, the Super Nintendo version was better, and the Wii version was better. They were all great. So that's another one, I, and I loved. I mean. In the arcade, Super Punch Out was or Punch Out was a real unique game because of the double monitor setup. But I mean, really, it was the second monitor was sort of superfluous. Uh, you didn't really need it. It worked fine with one monitor. So that's another one. Uh, and then lastly, I'm going to mention, uh, and this this is funny because I was just talking to Dave this week about DOS gaming. But I'm gonna I'm gonna not make my own point here and point out a great DOS game, which was the DOS port of uh, Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Uh, Mortal Kombat 3 and Ultimate Mortal Kombat, good arcade games, but Trilogy, you got all the fighters, you know, and it was a great, it was a really good port. You got extra fighters in the in the DOS version. It loaded quicker than the, uh, the other console versions, and it played a good game of Mortal Kombat, so I would say that would be the other one. It comes off the, off the top of my head to get fellas. Chris, what were you then? Um, well, I have to echo what you said, Dave, about Star Wars uh, trilogy. You know, Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, which I got yeah. in a you know triple box set by Domark. That was on the Amiga for me, and it was great. I, I didn't even really notice the fact that I was missing a proper vector display. Um, and we did buy a yoke, uh, the Bishu Zuma, which was terrible and broke. Um, but at <laughs> least you know we could try and replicate that to a degree. <clears throat> Mouse was actually the best way to play it on the sixteen bits. I found anyway, and I still do. Um, but even before that, it's weird because when you go back to the 8-bit era, you think, well, they can't do good arcade ports. And it's right. If if it was the current arcade games, no, they did them badly, like Outrun, Chase HQ. There was there was some good attempts, but it was always, you know, sort of second Chase best. Chase HQ, Chase HQ was like, on, on the Spectrum and Amstrad they were, was both good, but yeah. they were good for what they could do, and it was a, an yes. enjoyable, playable game. But if you put it side by side with the arcade, I mean, it's nothing on it. Yeah. But what they did well, even in that era, was the the arcade games from the generation before. So there was good ports of Space Invaders, Frogger, Pac-Man, Asteroids. Games of of that elk usually had a very good port. Or Clone. And in fact, some of those clones were actually better, I feel, than the arcade original. Um, where things really changed for me, and I'm not sure, be interesting to see what you guys think about this, but when you get to, th- I think about the, the 16-bit, console era so that the snares um or the super famicom or the um sega mega drive slash genesis um that's where you started to see in my view good ports of current generation arcade games and the one that springs to mind for me is street fighter 2 because i love that game in the arcade and then when i got street fighter 2 turbo for my snares yes i was using a stupid controller that gave you hand cramp but other than that you had all the buttons the graphics looked fantastic um, the speed was there, and in fact, the Turbo Edition, you could even 
crank it up so you could go even faster than the arcade and playing my mates you know it was it was the same experience playing my mate the same mates that i played against in the arcade i could play against them in the home and it felt just as good so that to me was kind of a turning point where they sort of slid away from a need to go to the arcade to get the best experience does that make sense definitely there was a point where arcade games started to really close in at the home port started to close in kind of on the snes the mega drive the even the amiga at times and then a little bit later the playstation pc and so on there was no reason to go to the arcade you could get it at home unless it was a unless it was a some kind of experience more than just a, a joystick and a screen then there was no reason to go to the arcade because you could do it at home just as well without having to put 50 pence and pound coins in yeah now i've not heard of all of the games in the top 15 and i've tried not to read the article's description out so i don't plagiarize it too much so the article's still worth reading it is worth reading go and give the article a read it's a quick read that will give you some uh, ideas on games you might not have played maybe to bring up in mame or mister We haven't had a new jingle for housekeeping for a while. I wonder if we're going to get a new jingle sent in. Will that be our our listeners' Christmas present for us? A new jingle. That'd be great. Um, have I have I banged the drum enough for that? Um, I'd like to welcome three new patrons: uh, Retro and Gaming, Irrational Recreation, and Stephen. Thank you very much for signing up to our Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com slash this week in retro. Um, I get told off for saying WWW um, and bright enough. That's an old thing. You don't need to do that anymore. Um, so thank you very much for signing up to, to the patron uh, scheme on Patreon. Thank you very much for it. Um, and thank you for all the kind thoughts we got for 150 episodes. And to those of you who said they've listened or seen them all, that's humbling. And I don't know what to say to that. I don't know what to say. Um, Stephen Gow replied to me calling Fruit Machines Puggies and asked why Chris didn't mention Pokies. I think that's the Australian word for it. Pokies? Yeah, it is, but uh, are Fruit Machines Pokies? Pokies are very specific. Well, I, I assume they're very specific machines that play poker for money. Ah, okay, okay. On a machine. But well, you were talking about Fruit Machines, which is why I didn't yeah. really make the connection because Fruit Machines okay. are different to Pokies. That's, that's, that's my excuse. Lord Borak says they're known as nudgers, but what are they called in West Virginia, Anne? Well, I can tell you, we call them lottery machines over here. Right. Uh, because because we had to use a, a special trick to get them through our uh, legal, to legalize uh, any sort of gamble machines here. We had to pretend that it's part of our lottery. <laughs> it's all a load of garbage. <laughs> well, you know, we have a state constitution that said, it said in, Black and white, no machines. They're out. And so they were like, uh, it's the lottery machine. That's the gimmick over here. So, yeah, that's what we got, lottery machines. We don't have cute names for nothing. And we never got fruit machines over here. That was never a thing over here. It's always just like slots or poker, you know, blackjack, stuff like that. Kefka Floyd in Discord 
says that Dave is incorrect about the role Steve Jobs played in the Apple II GS's development. It's an oft-repeated myth. So I was corrected there. I said that Steve Jobs ordered the Apple II GS to be hobbled in order to help sales of the Apple Mac. And it turns out I'm wrong. Uh, Kefka did say he was going to put an explanation up, but he hasn't done it yet. So if he does put one up, I'll read it out. Aaron, you're nodding there. Do you, did you know that already? No, I always heard that he did that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. That's what I heard. I always, I, I've always listen. got him as the villain and, and Steve Wozniak as the hero. But yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know about that, Dave. I mean, ever since those two hippies stuck yeah. a bunch of circuit boards in a wheelbarrow <laughs> and shoved it out of their garage in Southern California, <laughs> Apple's been fleecing suckers as far as I'm concerned for 40 years. $40 printer cable, $200 USB cable, $500 monitor stand, and people are tripping over themselves to give these guys money. So I don't get it. But, yeah, I always heard that story, too. I heard that he purposely hosed up GS. I've got one of those. I wish it had the full potential, brother. I'd like to see what that thing could have done. <laughs> um <laughs> When this show ends, we will go on a two-week break to recharge our batteries and come back next year. I know. Look, a break. Have you ever taken one of those, Aaron? No, you haven't. No. Uh, there will be a clip show, though. Uh, so Duncan will put together the outtakes. He's got lots of outtakes. There should be some really embarrassing ones, some really funny ones, and <sighs> some ones where he'll need to get the bleep out lots. Um, where oh, no. Neil and I have sabotaged Chris, because we love doing yes. that where I've gone off in a rant, <laughs> where Neil might have swore. Neil actually does swear, but you'll never hear it because Duncan will bleep it out. Um, so hopefully a clip show of outtakes to look forward to. Um, and when you go into news and briefs, there's loads of submissions <laughs> the past week, absolutely loads of them. Um, C64 upgrade ROMs to add more functions to it. There's a new PlayStation 2 game, an unreleased game and watch game, uh, Tetris Jr., um, Namco Arcade opening in the UK, but when I looked at pictures, to me, it looked like a shop. Um, there's an article on handhelds talking about how they were popular at Christmas back in the day, uh, before really micros, or when you couldn't afford a micro, you got a little handheld thing, or those little, the, the small ones, that kind of like that, but they're now getting popular again. And there's a petition for our friend Clint from LGR to appear on Hot Ones, which is a, a, a an interview on YouTube where you eat um, extremely hot wings while you get interviewed. Uh, we all know he loves his food. Sign that petition. I don't think it'll make any difference at all. They'll have them if they want them. If they don't, they won't. Um, and Doom's been done in cardboard. There's loads more in this. So many submissions this week. Thank you very much for submitting articles. Uh, it's well worth going to the subreddit, which Chris will give the URL for just now, and having a browse at what's there. Chris? Reddit.com forward slash r forward slash this week in retro. Fantastic. WWW if you want to. HTTPS um, colon forward slash forward slash. There you go. Yeah. You've got to have that or it won't work. You have to type the whole thing. Well, it is the Christmas episode, guys, so we just want to get into the Christmas mood and hopefully help you guys get there as well if you're not there already. Um Maybe some liquid refreshment will help. I know it does for me. Um, so um, we're just going to have basically a, a bit of a Christmasly chat between ourselves. I've got some questions for you guys sort of drafted out here, but we'll just see where the conversation takes us before we get into question of the week. Um, I think the obvious one for anybody into retro games and projects and that kind of thing like us is um, 
What games will you guys be playing over Christmas? Are there certain go-to games that make you feel Christmassy, that kind of thing? Or have you got other retro projects in mind for whatever break you've got? Aaron, I'll start with you. Um, you know, I don't think I have a game I go to every year. I'm like, this is the Christmas game. Uh, but I I do relish the time uh, to get time off from work and to actually sit around and play whatever I want. Uh, I've been I've been messing around with the Mister a lot in the last couple months, and I've, I've been playing a lot of PlayStation games. It's not super retro, I'll admit it, but uh, uh, I've been playing a lot of them, and it's fun to go and just try to play all the garbage that was available. Uh, for I mean, like I didn't realize that the PlayStation got a port of like Three Stooges, for example, from the Amiga, uh, or uh, you know these other sh- shovelware games. And I've got a I've got a penchant for crappy games. So I've been playing a lot of crap. I'm going to be playing a lot of crappy PlayStation games. That's my goal for my week of Christmas. Uh, and then, of course, going into some of my feel-good games, stuff like uh, Stunt Car Racer, Chaos, uh, stuff like that, where I just get to sit around and and relax, probably play some of those uh, 15 games that you mentioned, Death Adder. Me and the boy like to get together when we have days off and just relax and play a bunch of beat-em-ups, put a bunch of quarters in, just go through crushing stuff. So... That's, it's nice and relaxing. I always like to have time. I guess the main jet of it is to spend some time gaming with the kid. That, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. What about yourself, Dave? We got there. I have Saint and Greasy, the ultimate soccer trivia game. <laughs> oh, no. I was given this by a friend when I visited the cave. Um, I'm sure it's a fantastic value. I'm sure it's several months where salary had to be spent to get this game. Um, I will load it up once I've got the ST up and running again. But I'm going to be playing Baldur's Gate 2. I've been sucked into doing another run of Baldur's Gate 2. I don't know why. Uh, This time I'm playing it on even higher difficulty and trying to do it even better. Um, But yeah, that's what I'll be playing at Christmas. I don't have a lot of time off, though, unfortunately. Um, So I won't be doing a lot. For me, uh, I mean, there's some go-to Christmas games that I like to always jump into. Um, Maria Whitaker for reasons I won't go into. Um, but Lotus 2 is another one. Um, and Christmas Lemmings, uh, Home Alone. It's a terrible game, but I have fond memories of playing it at Christmas with my nephew oh, in his bed. So I, I have to I have to visit that as well. So that's what I'll be doing. But also I think I've got into this bad habit of forcing my now adult kids to play Atari 2600 games because they hate them and then we'll come across one that's so bad that it's good and like frog pond for example and we just have a blast just, that's a great game yeah, exactly but now i think what i want to introduce them to because they haven't played any paddle games and now that i've got the 2600 plus with a new set of paddles i want to just get them playing pong let's go back to the roots let's play some pong you gotta get warlords in there get everybody oh, involved yeah, man yeah i got canyons that's, 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 that. that's, yeah warlords yeah. yeah yeah is that on the multi-cart i didn't even read the multi-cart properly it's not on the multi-cart man but you can pick it up for a couple cents anywhere yeah, yeah. those atari games the good thing is they're cheap they're so you know, cheap. The, uh, yeah you know you i love what you said there about making your kids play toy center my kid has no uh my kid has a switch but he's got no sort of feeling of what came when because i've always made him play this stuff and so we'll load up some like combat or something and he'll play it uh the the 2600 uh has so many fun games and a lot of multiplayer games that are fun and the paddles you're right those are i mean really there aren't that many systems that use paddles and it, and use them to the effect that the atari did 
And so there are tons of great. You can play Kaboom. That's another great paddle game. You should try that one out. So there's a lot of good ones. A good, that's a good call, man. Now I want to do that. Too. I'm going to copy do it. Do it, do it, man. Force, force them into it. And the funny thing, like I say, yeah. at first they'll laugh it off, and then they just get hooked in because the gameplay is there because it had to be there, right? Because the graphics certainly aren't because of the technology of the time. So the gameplay is what draws you in. Yeah, you can have some yeah. really good belly laughs, especially if you get into Frog Pond. And they're very sociable as well because so many of the games you load them up and you go, ah, I need a player two. There is no one player mode. So who's player two? I don't care who it is. I'm pointing at somebody in the room. Come here and grab a paddle or grab a joystick. All right, next question. I'll start with Dave this time. What are your go-to Christmas movies? My favourite Christmas film is Muppets Christmas Carol. It's an absolutely fantastic film. It's the best telling of that Dickens story. Uh, Light the lamp, not the rat. Light the lamp, not the rat. It's a great film. I love it. But for me, Christmas films are Star Wars and Bond films because on British TV at Christmas time, they always stuck them on. You always got Star Wars and you always get Bond films. And as a kid, I love watching those. I tape them and watch them through the year. I love those. That's a good point. Aaron? Um, I usually watch The Christmas Story at least once uh, every Christmas. And then what I've gotten into recently are those BBC Christmas horror shows that they played through like the seventies, you know, I love those where they have like a, 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 I like the idea of a Christmas horror tale. I always think that's a great, I think that's a great angle. You haven't seen, never seen seen those. They're, they're, they're based on an author. The name is killing me. I've mentioned him before, but they, they, uh, the BBC for the longest time. No, 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 no. No, For the longest time they would do these, like they would do these crit. No, no, no. They would do these Christmas. I'll figure it out. They do these Christmas um, like movies that they do right around the right around December. And I always like that because they're horror Christmas movies. And then I'll watch some like Christmas episodes of shows I really like, like uh, 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 Jeremy Brett, Sherlock Holmes. I'll watch the Christmas episode and that and stuff like that. That's the way I like to do it. Yeah, there you go. For me, um, the, the funny thing is it was actually the wife that suggested this is the first Christmas movie, Die Hard. It is a Christmas movie. Uh, but yep. instead, this year we opted for Gremlins, which is also definitely a Christmas movie. But don't get fooled into thinking Gremlins 2 is. It is neither a Christmas movie or a very good movie. In fact, you never need to see that. If you haven't seen it, don't ever watch it. If you have seen it, you don't need to rewatch it. Trust me. Trust me, I'll save you that one. Um, all right, I reckon we've got time for one more um one more story. Let's make it gaming and Christmas related. Um, so what games make you think of Christmas uh, and have a Christmas related memory, Aaron? Most of the stuff on the TR City Color Computer, that, my all-time favorite Christmas gift was a was a floppy drive I got from the Tandy Coco when I was a kid. It was such a happy day. Uh, and that's so there are a few games on the Coco that remind me like Mega Bug is one and uh um uh, uh the Coco to me, it, as I was, my, it was my computer when I was a kid, so I've always got a warm feeling about it. And when Christmas time comes around, that's pretty much what I think about. Just the feeling I had when I could leave audio tapes behind and move to a floppy. <laughs> that, it's sad. Only a geek would get warm and fuzzy about that. But that I hated that stupid tape recorder so much. And I used cassettes to load stuff for so long. I was so happy to get out of that. So when I, it's more a piece of hardware than a game. But yeah, that would that would be the one. I can relate. Yeah, Dave. Um, 
for me, it's the games that I got at Christmas time. So when I got my CPC and I got my ST, there was packing games and the ST and there was games that came with the CPC. So all the power pack games that I've mentioned, and I mentioned, I actually mentioned them already today, uh, but the CPC, it was Manic Miner and Jet Set Willy and the next Christmas, I think I got Cauldron 2. Uh, but Jet Set Willy for me is a Christmas game. It's nothing to do with Christmas, but it's a Christmas game for me because we got it at Christmas and I played it non-stop, exploring as much as much as I could, never trying to pick up all the items because that was impossible, just exploring the magic. No. <laughs> um, so hard, that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it never, it never really, it didn't, it wasn't in my head that I should, be, I should be picking up all the items. You were just trying to get to somewhere different. Yeah. I've already showed my main one, which is Home Alone 2. Uh, Home Alone, sorry. Which, funnily enough, isn't a Christmas game. They took Christmas out of the game to make it more appealing the year round. So it's the story, but any reference to Christmas is kind of remote. I think apart from the Christmas baubles, if you look at the artwork, the box art, there's Ooh. nothing about Christmas on it. Check it out. Um, which is quite interesting. Good marketing, good marketing ploy. Um, so I'll throw in Thunderblade on the Spectrum Plus 3 because of a funny story. I was very bad at peeking at my presents before Christmas Day. This particular <laughs> year, I found Thunderblade on disc. I didn't have many Plus 3 games actually on disc. Most of them on tape. And I played it before Christmas Day because it hadn't even been wrapped. I actually played it. I know that's bad. This is bad, Dave. And I would I would sneak it back and I had to act all surprised on Christmas Day. Very, very bad, but yeah, I'll never forget that. I anyway. wonder if your parents knew. I wonder if they knew. Oh, they probably because kids, did. Because kids do stuff, parents find out and parents they just pretend we don't know about it so we don't have to deal with it. <laughs> so true. And now question of the week. Last week we asked you, what are you asking Retro Santa to put in your stocking this year? Top answer is from Protech438, and he says, I'm asking Retro Santa, me, to put a Spectrum N-Go in my stocking. I must have been good to myself because it should arrive early next week if all goes well. I'm still debating whether I should ask my wife to gift wrap it for me or just sneak it in. Um, Chris, read the next one. Uh, the next one, according to my screen, is from Richard Shears. You guys seen the same one at number two? Yep. Yep. Um, and he says, something that isn't socks or Old Spice uh, aftershave would be nice. Yep, absolutely. He says, I'm starting to feel the yearn for some OG Xbox action recently, having ignited some memories of playing Burnout. Is that retro now? I guess it might be. Uh, but yeah, my really biga- Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, but my really big item mm. on my list is uh, to Santa is to be allowed to visit the cave again. Um, and quite amusingly, Mystic Greg has said below, I want to know what you did that got Neil to ban you in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> He's not banned. He's not banned. Um, no. I saw Richard. I saw Richard when I was down in the cave last. Richard's a lovely guy. Delighted to meet him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, do you want to read the third one, which I think is from Tricky sure. FR 800? I've finally been good enough for a ZX Spectrum Next on the 40th anniversary of receiving my first rubber keyed wonder. A truly remarkable machine, uh, which has been well worth the wait. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, in the past week have gotten these in the mail, the next, the next batch of these things, and they are uh, a, gl- a glorious and gorgeous machine. I saw. Uh, Pajaco brought his over to Boat Fest, so I got to actually, you know, fiddle with it. And, you know, I never had any inclination to get one of these because, I, you know, it plays quite nicely on the Mister. But 
it is a looker. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's a, and I can imagine if you grew up with a specky that getting one of these things for Christmas would be a dream come true. It yeah. looks gorgeous. I watched someone do an unboxing and they, they were so excited about it. Um, yeah. Mine arrived. Mine, mine arrived. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. Mine arrived. Uh, Neil got his. Uh, Chris, you didn't back it, did you? No, I didn't did back you? it. Yeah. Uh, um, did Boat back it? Not, neither of the two of you backed <laughs> it. Well, yeah. I mean, we didn't know. We didn't know what was going on. But yeah, well, now in retrospect, I wish I had. If I had the money, I'd probably. If they do another round, I'll get in. You know, well, the good they news is, won, but I hope they do. I hope they yeah. do. Yeah, the good I news is, if, yeah. if you did miss out and you really want one, there's plenty on eBay for triple the price. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so on to this week's question of the week: um, Have you ever been disappointed with a retro gaming gift, and did you exchange it or re-gift it? So disappointment this week. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everyone. Answers to the subreddit. And the URL for the subreddit is Chris. Reddit slash something. I got it right uh, earlier. You did. Slash right. This yeah, week go on. Retro. Yay, <laughs> link in the show notes. Reddit.com. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on, Santa Aaron. It's a delight to get you on for Christmas every year. Uh, you'll be on in 12 months' time again, I hope. Uh, I hope oh, you all, I hope all of our <laughs> listeners and viewers have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you very much for sticking with us through 150 episodes. We will be back in the new year, raring to go, full of it, full of beans, feeling froggy. Um, thank you very much, and have a lovely Christmas. Happy Christmas. Adios. Bye. We're all waving. I'm waving. Aaron's barely waving. Hands. Chris is really waving. One of these is Yay. my hand. <laughs> Bye, bye, Duncan. Maria's waving. waving. Okay, bye. This Week in Retro was presented by Neil from RNC The Cave, Chris from 005 Gamer, and Dave. It was produced by me, Duncan Styles. The podcast version of the show is available through your favourite podcaster, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the video version is available on the This Week in Retro YouTube channel. our community subreddit at r slash this week in retro to suggest and vote on the stories we cover on the show if you watch this week in retro on youtube please give us a like and subscribe to help us reach new viewers if you enjoy our show and would like to support it then please check out the link to our patreon page in the show notes or description thank you for listening and we'll see you next time for more up-to-date news for out-of-date tech